Amen. Everybody, everybody happy today? I'm happy. They said everybody happy to be in the church today. I lifted both hands. Amen. Happy, 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 happy. <laughs> Somebody said, you know, church is a boring place. It's only boring if you make it boring. Amen. <laughs> Somebody said, I don't like that, but that's just the way it goes. Amen. Uh, Reverend uh, Morrill said once, you'll only get out of a church service what you put into it. And that's the truth. You go to a baseball game, you only get out of it what you put into it. This is a church I like to sit and listen to singers, but I like listening to a congregation that lifts their hands and praise the Lord. And they sang. Today it seemed like they want more people want to be entertained. It is not the church job to entertain you. It is the church job to preach the wonderful gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See men and women, boys and girls, come to Jesus to accept Him as their personal Savior. That's the main purpose of a church, is take the down and outer, lift them up, because God wants to bless each and every one of you. I asked a question, and I really don't, so don't do any good. It doesn't do any good to email and leave any kind of comments because I don't look at them. Hello? I listen to the Lord when I ask. This is a church that believes in using the King James Bible. I believe in using the Bible and not your cell phone or your tablet. I don't like to see tablets out or see cell phones out because I have preached at churches and walked, and most of the people are watching something else. Most of them have those little ding in their ears, you know. <laughs> well, they say, I don't like it. You're going to be that way. No no, no chewing gum, no drinking in the auditorium. That, that is something that we just do, and we do. Everybody, everybody happy this morning? Or, or, or half of you mad at me this morning. Amen. Now I'll say it again. Did you bring one of these? Hello? It's like the little girl was looking at the uh, on the coffee table, and she was looking at the Reader Digest, and the minister came. Hello? And mother said, take this and bring that Bible out here and put it on the coffee table. The preacher's coming. <clears throat> well, the little girl didn't do it. And so mama looked at it and said, go get the book. Your mama reads the most. And she, the little girl brought back the reader digest. And she looked at it and go, oh, no, 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 no. But she said, mama, that's what you read all the time. That's what you look at all the time. I don't know what the church down the street preaches. 
I'm only interested in what this church preached. Amen? We are full gospel. We believe in salvation and everything you need to know. This morning, I would like you to turn with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. The 18th chapter. <clears throat> and we will lift out of it a couple of verses that we've been preaching this last week. The very beginning of the 18th chapter, remember we had the woman that kept going to the judge because she was being oppressed by her creditors and by everybody against her trying to do. And she went to this judge, we, you know, to get some justice. And it seemed like she wasn't going to get any justice. And then finally he gave in because she was persistent. And the persistent was prayer. Prayer is always persistent. And then we come to a place where you have two men going to the temple to pray, or the synagogue at that time. <clears throat> Amen. They're both are Jews. One's a Pharisee, and one's a publican, a tax collector. They don't get along at all. You have one that's self-righteous and one that realizes he is a sinner. And one that doesn't listen to the one. Everybody can hear that. And then we come to this here little short verse in it, verse 15. And they brought unto him also infants that he would touch, but when his disciples saw it, they rebuked him. That is a story that is so often in churches today. If children come into church, most people don't want to deal with kids. I'm going to tell you, church, you need to deal with kids. Somebody said, well, they're the future. They're only the future if they get saved. If they don't get saved, then they are the enemy, uh, probably against the church, a different program for what they're being taught in schools and stuff. But when they come in, you don't look away. The disciples got upset. No, 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 don't, don't bother Jesus with those kids, those infants, just don't bother him. He has more important things to do than lay hands on your children. No amen to that? Well, I'm glad to hear that because you should have all the amen because Jesus is laying his hands on the children. It's very important. I as a, a little boy about five years old, attended a big gospel defender church. And I liked that church. If I ever built a church, I liked to build a church just like that. It had real telephone poles in the church going up the whole the roof. But I would go forward and nobody, they'd just pat me on the head and say, oh, yeah, yeah, nice little boy, little girls, nice little girls, you know, going." 
And so we probably grow up like I did. Didn't know Jesus. Didn't really know what it was about. I knew that it was a lot of don't, 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 don't. And to me, I, I didn't. But if you're going to save a person when they're a child, you're going to have to preach the gospel where they can understand it. But Jesus called them unto him and said to the disciples, Look, you boys, put in plain old English, Look, you boys, don't you do that anymore. Not in my presence. People brought their kids to Jesus because they knew that Jesus had the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost on him. And they knew that society they lived in, they need to have their children prayed for, healed, taught by the Word of God. And Jesus tells them, you don't stop the children from coming to me. Don't stop the children. Suffer little children to come unto me. Then it says, And forbid them not, for of such is the kingdom of God. For such is the kingdom of God. He's going to use this example of little children to talk to his disciples. And says, this is what he's saying. You don't just deal with people your age. Hello? You don't just deal with fishermen. Matthew was a publican. I don't know if he was the publican in the temple or not. But you do deal with them. You take them because Jesus even ate with the sinners and publicans. And the Pharisees would get upset at that. But when you stop and you look at children and you look at the whole human race, in God's eyes, they are all children. Hello? Children. And so Jesus talks to them and tells them, Don't you forbid them to come. Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter therein. You can take a child and explain it to something to them, and they will believe it. Not like us. Oh, no, 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 I don't. When I sit or stand in a church, I often, when I look at the people, I wonder, how many people in this house really know the Master? And usually everything in the house goes very quiet. I don't try to pick out on anybody. Everybody has a need of their own self, just like a little child. To them, 
their need is very important. I said their need is very important. I know when I was a child, I had a need. I look around and I would think, this is a great place. It was great because it had telephone poles and all those little boys and girls, we didn't go to junior church. We didn't go off someplace else because at that time, they believe in the children being in the church. But if they're in the church and you don't pay them any attention, you're pretty well down on the hell. Somebody said, I don't believe that. There was a lady who came to church. She's not here. And I'm, she's a good lady. I mean, but she wouldn't bring her little children. She'd leave them at home because she made a statement. Well, you know, I think they should may have right to make their own choices. I just looked at her and I thought, well, you know, that's not so. You take your child and you don't have no free choices to do. You do what you want to do. You get in life. Nobody has a free choice. You'll go to work to draw a paycheck. And you'll do what the boss wants because they don't have a choice. You send them to school. They get an education. But they have no choices. They go. You can't drive in the state of we're in unless you have a, a driver license and they have speed laws and if a cop catch you, you'll get a tick, ticket. Uh, I, I looked at it and I thought, well, you know, I was talking to a man once and he said, you know, I got a ticket and I didn't think it was fair, preacher. Well, I said, what do you get a ticket for? He said, speeding. I said, was you speeding? He said, oh, yeah. What was your problem? Well, how come he picked me? Well, so happened you're probably the one that did something wrong in front of him first. Therefore, he wrote you a ticket. So Jesus is talking about the kingdom, and we're going to have to believe in that kingdom. If somebody would have brought the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ and saving me when I was a child, I want to tell you, I would have accepted Jesus just like that. And most little children would accept Jesus just like that. For such are the kingdom of heaven, of God, Jesus said, of, of God. But that kingdom got postponed because they, people, the Jewish people didn't want him. So after Jesus got there talking to them and everything else, it says, little children, in no wise enter therein. Talk about us. Let me look at this again. Amen. Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall in no wise enter in their self. You. You have to accept it. When I heard the gospel preach for the first time at 22 years, Something happened inside of me. Something you would feel when you was a little boy or a little girl. <clears throat> but that night I felt it because the man was a man of God preaching the Word of God. 
And he said, people have an ideal that a drunkard, a drug addict, a divorce, or a thief, or a murderer can't go to heaven. They can go to heaven if they repent of their sins. And then they'll go to heaven. Otherwise, he said, they're going to go to hell. People don't like hell, the word of hell, so they change it to Hades and everything else under the sun. But I looked at it and I thought, as I stood there looking down at the floor, and he said, this is what will send a drunkard to hell. This is what will send a, a thief to hell. Any kind of perversion to hell. And if you are a good man, a good woman, you go to church, you don't treat anybody bad, and you look at it, he said, but you don't accept Jesus as your personal Savior. That is what going to send you to hell at this time. For God sent His Son into this world, not to condemn the world. Jesus said that. But He came to save a lost and sinful world that was plunged into the darkest hell that ever was on this earth. When Adam sinned, the light ceased to shine in him and Eve. And that darkness was passed on to every generation in the whole universe of the earth. And without Jesus Christ, you will have a corrupt society and getting worse and worse and worse. We don't preach Jesus as a taskmaster. The devil's a taskmaster. Jesus said He came to give us life and to give it more abundant and that we could have more in John 10.10. 10. And He said, The thief cometh but for to steal and to kill. And what does He want to kill? He wants to kill all the little children and millions and millions of people. Babies had been killed in this country. Everybody goes quiet when you're meeting certain subjects. So Jesus settled that. And think about it. He'd been sitting there listening to Jesus talk to his disciples. And then he comes up and he asks a question. In verse 17, verily I say it. No, verse 18. I'm sorry about that. And a certain ruler asked him, saying, Good Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? People are willing to do something if they can earn eternal life. Most cults operate on that principle. I'm going to do this. I'll beat them out, and they won't be able to get it if they... Up there, and they in the hundred 
well, say 144,000. If we can take them out, we want third place. So they want to work. They want to work. They want to do something. Oh, I like helping the church. You know what to say? I listened to a man once. He said, I like giving to the church. I like helping the church. You know, when you give a dollar, that don't go too far today. You take a dollar to the grocery store, <laughs> you won't even be able to buy anything. You can't even buy a candy bar anymore for a dollar. I was standing in a supermarket in, Re in Lathrop, and I'm looking at a candy bar, and they wanted $2.20-some cents for a candy bar. No bigger than that. Matter of fact, everything you get today, they shrink it a little bit. So he wanted to know if he could do something to enter heaven. <clears throat> the I inherit eternal life. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? None is good save one that is God. Now, Jesus made an honest statement there. Why are you calling me good? Are you saying you recognize that God is in me and that I can actually get you into heaven? That's something most people think. Well, you know, so what was his premises that I can do? You can't even get people to come to church regular. Hello, you say you're bad mountain. No, no, the church is the only hope for anything in this world. Eternal life to make it. So he wanted to know, what can I do? And so Jesus is about to tell him what he can do. Hello, he says here in verse 20, Thou knoweth the commandments, do not what? Commit adultery. That is being committed constantly all over in the church even. And outside of it all the time. It's just on something that's done and everything. And he, he said, I know this. Do not kill. A lot of people are killing people, murdering people. But then Jesus said, if you look at somebody and you hate them in your mind, you say that. He said, you, basically, you have killed them already in your thought. Before you can do something, you have to have a thought. And the devil will take a thought and put it in your mind. And if you dwell long enough on it, you probably will do it. The Bible said, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All. Jesus gave that message to the Apostle Paul. All is all. Every preacher I ever heard all will perish and go to a place called hell. So when you look at it, he counting. Do not steal. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. <clears throat> Boy, that's great. Somebody said he's a good man. Hello. Jesus only gave him how many? Well, let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Five. The bottom five of the Ten Commandments. 
What was the one? Thou shalt have no other God, no other. Don't make images, don't make anything, do everything. And that, but Jesus didn't oppress that. Remember when the Pharisees came, asked him, which is the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And what was the second? And love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you love your neighbor as yourself? He's a young, rich ruler. Amen. He said, All these have I kept from my youth up. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Ye like, ye like if thou one thing, so all that thou have, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven. Come and follow me. Some other place in the Bible, they said in the book of Matthew, he looked at him and said, who is my neighbor? That's basically what people say. Who is my neighbor? Sell all my property and give to the poor. So, he already broke one of the greatest commandments in the book. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy mind, with all thy soul, and love thy neighbor as thyself. He even goes far to you, said Paul did, and love your wife as you love yourself. That's a pretty strong statement. This young rich ruler, the Bible talks about a young man or man very rich. And the Bible talks about that every day they brought a beggar, and that beggar would lay at the gate of his house. And today you could put it this way. When he got up, got in his limousine, he would drive out. And there was set that beggar. He didn't bother to give him a crumb. He didn't bother to give him a coat. He didn't bother to give him anything. Not at all. I wonder if this young rich ruler could have been that guy that growed up. Or could have been something else. You have the poor with you, always, Jesus said. I can turn around, don't even in the French Camp, California, just drive just a few blocks or a mile or two from here, and you can see the poor, homeless people in the slough that was built. When I was a kid, when the Army... Engineers were building it, and it is made for flood water and stuff, and they're down there. I don't see nobody that got money feeding them. Sell what you have and give to the poor. I'm not going to do that. I work too hard for it. But the thing, he had this 
you'll have treasures in heaven. See, most people think in that day and time, and I have to say in this day and time, if you're getting riches and stuff, you have to be favored. God is blessing you. And I hear preachers talk about it, you know, this, this, that, and God's going to prosper. He will prosper you if you will do and keep His Word and follow through. Hello? I said, He will. I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Do you call that life and more abundantly? You have a man in the family. They're drunk over there. That's not life and not, not more abundant. He's spending everything he has to take drugs, buy booze, carouse where he shouldn't go. He don't want to get up. And if you talk to him, they say, you got to be dedicated. I don't want that at all. Now, when he looked at it, he said, I like the, this part here. This, this, you have treasures in heaven. Come, follow me. I don't think any of the disciples ever lacked anything. I don't think much people would follow Jesus if he walked on the streets today. Walking up and down, they, they was a, he not, he, he don't have nothing to give. Nothing at all to give. I think we should. Now, you see, they thought that God highly blessed people. And this kind of people, they can earn their way to heaven. God blesses them. No. They deal with the people a lot of time and smut and stuff. They're dealing with, pardon my expression, they're dealing with the trashy part of the whole human race, they say. Well, that's what they say, but I'm going to tell you. They can get saved the same as I can get saved. They can get saved the same way everybody else. In the Catholic Church, I had a man, I worked with him, his wife died. I was sitting there listening to him, he come, he said, well, everything will be okay. I said, really? Oh, yeah. And then he looked at me and he said, I got her out of purgatory. And I thought, I don't think so. No purgatories in this book. There is no middle ground. I, how do you get her out? I paid $8,000 to the, the father of the church, and he prayed her out. I thought for a moment, I said, you, you what? He said, I give $8,000. Somebody else gave 5000 that he knew, but he gave more, so he could get her out a lot further. 
I didn't say nothing. I just looked at him. He knew I was a preacher. He knew that I didn't agree with the Catholic religion, period, because it is not the religion of Jesus. Hello? I said, hello? Hear what I don't want to hear. Most people don't want to hear that. But when you stop and you're looking at it and you think about that one rich man that I said that if he had a, a, a limousine and go out by the gate, the beggar died. He just wanted some bread. He wanted something to keep warm. And he thought, for sure, this rich man would help him. No. Not at all. I was at a, a fast food hamburger place. They had a clown they used to. They used to have places for a lot of kids, but now they'd sort of shunk that and everything. But uh, I was coming out with my wife. She's with Jesus now. And this color lady, she came up and she said, I have a, a harmonic here. I need something. I'm hungry. I'm going to sell it to you. And I go by. My wife looked at her and said, No, I'm not going to buy it. My wife turned around walked back into McDonald's. Well, excuse me, I wasn't supposed to say that. But anyway, came back out, and she had a cup of coffee. She had a, a, a sandwich to eat, you know, what the, the food, and gave her that. And my wife looked at her and said, you can thank Jesus for this because he told me to give this to you. She turned around, and she said, here's my harmonic. And my wife looked at her and said, you can keep it. And the woman just looked, and she thought about it, and then she said, thank you for this here meal. I've done that more than once since do, because I, if I have the money on me, I will do that. The prophet has done that, and believe blessings and stuff, but... The Bible says Jesus loves him, for God so loved the world. He loves everybody. There is no partiality in that. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? What do you price the most? Do you price your wife most? Do you price your children most? If Reverend Young used to say, and he always do this, and he lived out and said, You see this, boy? He called me boy. He, he, he knew the difference, and by me, I'm not a girl. But he said, You see this? I can tell if a person really saved. Because he will dedicate this to Jesus Christ also. Who is my neighbor? Your neighbor. A person you don't know, you haven't talked to, you haven't operated upon it. But what Jesus was saying, you can't buy your way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. It is a free gift. It has been paid for. And Jesus could look at this sentence and said, And I'm going to the cross and I'm going to pay for your life 
so you don't have to go to hell. Now, my friend, Jesus did not become a sinner. He became a sin offering. Because if He became a sinner, who's going to get Him out of hell? You've got to think about it. He died for the little children also. He died for every boy and girl, every man and woman also. He died on a cross. He bought you back from the devil. But you have to make a choice whether you will accept him or not. I had to make a choice. And that choice is spiritually you fall at the foot of, foot of Jesus Christ and take him as your personal spirit. And you go to heaven. You can't buy your way. You can't work your way. The only way you can do that is by grace. By grace. The grace of God. You know what the grace is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And you accept Him as your personal Savior. These little children will accept Jesus. I said, I would accept Jesus at that age of five years old. I would accept Jesus. Because I had a call on my life, but nobody seemed fit to talk to a child. Most parents all have the same idea. Always just make our own choice. And then Jesus goes on and talks about it. Verse 25, he says, It is easier for a camel to go through a needle's eye than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. You can give a lot of things, but you know as well as I do. I have this here. I'm 82 years old. Imagine this is a needle. And you got a camel standing out there. How in the world, Jesus, how are you going to get a camel through this eye? How? Jesus said it would be easier for a camel to go through. Now remember, the young rich ruler wanted to earn his way. And now he stands and look at a needle, and Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through this than for a rich man. The Bible said he went away. But then Peter... Peter, in verse 28, then Peter said, Lo, we have left all and followed thee. We have left all. We left our business to follow you. If a rich man can't be saved, who can? Jesus didn't say a rich man couldn't be saved. It's the same thing that damns most everybody to a place called hell, and they don't like that word because they don't want to accept Jesus Christ. They don't want to give up 
what they're doing. He didn't want to give up his Mercedes. He didn't want to give up his uh, 22 mansion. He didn't want to give up his servants and stuff. He didn't want to walk the streets to follow Jesus in the dust and everything else. He didn't want that. He wanted to earn how much money, Jesus, do you want? After all, Pope will give $8,000 to get his wife out of that place. How do you deal with it? Or do you deal with it? Well, listen to what Jesus said. And he said unto them, actually what Peter was saying, I gave up everything. I, I, it become an I, I, I. It struck a note with him. Verily I say unto you, there is no man that had left house, parents, brethren, wife, children, for the kingdom of God. I know that's for a fact. I walked out of that little Baptist church that night. I didn't give up my wife. I didn't give up my children. I didn't give up my job. I gave up this me. I gave myself to Jesus Christ. And I said, I throw myself at the foot of the cross. And Paul said, I'm determined to know nothing but the cross of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And when you get that in your soul and it sinks down, it will take your life and turn you upside down. My children are saved today. They're growing adults, but they were saved when they were little children. Did I save them? No. Jesus saved them. Jesus talked to them. The Holy Ghost operated upon them. And they said, yes. My wife said, my son, our son wants to talk to you. And also my daughter, and she accepted Jesus Christ. And they're still saved. Train up a child when he's little and when he's old, he won't depart from it. A blessing of God, we should always want that. So Jesus told him, you haven't gave up nothing. Peter had a complaint. My friend, I talked to a young man, uh, talking to him about Jesus. And I said, you're talking about commitment, aren't you? I said, yeah. I made a commitment to my wife when I married her. And I'm going to tell you, I never regretted that of stepping her as my Savior. Because when I say that, because it wasn't for her, I would have never been saved. Jesus is my Savior, but she brought me to Jesus by her life. Now, what Peter said, she lived the example. I looked at it. He asked the question, Who can go? It's impossible with man. But with God, all things are possible. I'm going to ask you tonight, this morning, brother, where do you stand in this life? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? You have to realize you repent. Otherwise, you change your mind of where you're going to do things and how you're going to do 
that night, I changed inside. The Spirit came to live with inside. Yes, ever born again spirit has the Spirit of Christ. If you don't have it, then you're none of Him, His. That Holy Spirit, then there is the infilling with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That you, it is a second endowment with power to live a victorious life in Christ Jesus. How do you earn your way to heaven? Jesus told the rich man, very simple. Give up your worldly stuff and follow me. The Bible said he had great riches. And it went away. Sorry. Judas betrayed him. And Judas kissed the door of heaven and went to hell. Are you kissing the door of heaven and going to hell? It doesn't work. I walked out of that church that night saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, knowing God loved. My life changed. As I said, I didn't lose. I had it. God gave me better jobs and better jobs and better jobs because my wife had the money. And God blesses His people. I come that they might have it more life and have it more abundantly. You want abundant life? Sup Jesus. Let us bow our head. Father, we ask.